You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Another chance on the near side. Scores! The Rangers have opened the scoring on the power play. Here's Timmons trying to get a shot, and he did. They score! And Michael Bunting continues his hot play, extending his point streak to 10 games. Then over the line, VC. VC going to the net. Scores! What a nice shot from Jimmy VC. Rangers with an empty net and in over the line, and they'll ice it. Lose the draw, lose the battle, and Jimmy VC, the former Leaf, will get his second of the game. So former Leaf Jimmy VC turns into the streak killer as he scores twice. And the New York Rangers are full marks for a 3-1 victory. Okay, a 3-1 loss to the New York Rangers last night in New York, New York brings the red-hot Maple Leaf streak to a screeching stop at 15 games in a row with a point. The Mitch Marner streak also unfortunately comes to the comes to an end rather at 23, Luca. Uh, welcome to Leafs Lunch. It's Julie Tesheri and Luca Celebre with you on this fine Friday. It's a little nicer than yesterday, not not a ton nicer uh, and a little sadder because that streak is over, but I don't know. I think we'll have an interesting perspective on it now that it's actually done and we can we can put a little bow on, on Mitch Marner's crazy streak. It, it, was there almost like a bit of a relief to it? Like, God, that was a lot of pressure to keep that going. Yeah, and now we can just talk about Michael Bunting's streak forever. Right. And until that one ends, then we, we can just keep going with the streaks here. No, honestly, I feel like it's one of those things where everyone is just watching and waiting for it to end, and because you don't know when it's going to end, you just got to keep talking about it. Yeah. And now that it's done, he must probably feel relieved that it's like, I mean, as much as you want to chase history and you want to produce every night, like, it's not going to happen sometimes, and that's cool, but, like, the pressure to just keep it going, it, it probably is a lot. There was there was no hesitation when it came to shaving his mustache. Yeah, There's not. much more important sound than this <laughs> that we're going to play, but uh, first let's start with Mitch Marta's reaction to the streak ending uh, and his decision on his facial hair. Does this mean you shave? It's coming off. Yeah. It's coming <laughs> off. Boys. It's going off right now. I'm done with this facial hair. It's gross, so, yeah, yeah it's coming off. Absolutely no questions asked. The muzzy is dead. I didn't think it was that gross. I don't know. It probably feels gross, though. The little whiskers. I guess so. I don't if you're, if you're I don't not want to analyze to... this anymore. I'm grossed out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grossed out. Okay, I'll stop it. I'll stop it. We'll, we'll end it there. Uh, we're going to have Chris Johnston join us in the next couple minutes. Alan May will hop on with us because the Leafs play the Caps on Saturday night. And there's a chance for Ovi to chase some history that night, which would be... Very on brand for it to happen against the Leafs, but also very exciting to see because it's Obi and, and it's history. Um, last night, though, okay, did anyone, did anyone, can you guys text me if you put money down on Jimmy VC scoring a goal? Because every time, every time the Leafs play a former, a former Leaf, for lack of a better, Leafs better legend, you mean? Structure, they play a former Leafs legend like Jimmy VC who was like kind of a kind of a villain in the all or nothing series he was if anybody got sewered in the all or nothing series let's be honest it was jimmy vc there 100%. is actual footage of him and, and i was always surprised that this sort of thing got left in when it's like 
Sheldon Keefe and a player on the ice talking after practice in what is very clearly supposed to be a private conversation between player and coach. Sheldon Keefe looked that man in the face and said, your game is vanilla. And I feel like that was ringing through Jimmy Vesey's ears last night. I he, <laughs> I wonder if he went by the bench and maybe maybe just gave him an extra stare down. Fired or him something. up a bit. Yeah, you know. But like, I I wonder if that conversation would have aired if it was with anyone else. Like if if that's happening with Matthews, like Matthews or Marner. Like there's no, no shot chance. they're airing that. They're like, right? yeah, no, we waved. I'm leaving. Yeah. Vanilla. But now. <laughs> <laughs> then he spoiled this whole beautiful streak for the Leafs last night. It was a beautiful goal. It was a really nice goal. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to fault Matt Murray on either of the goals that he uh, he got beat on one, but the VC one, you completely understood why he started to go to the other side because yeah. it looks like VC's going to cut across and then he just went short side yeah. with an absolute rip. And still, like, to, to get it off post and in from that angle, too. What the like, heck? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's either going wide or just hitting Murray. Like, to, to make that perfect shot. I didn't didn't know he had it in him. Uh, neither did Lee Nation, neither did Sheldon Keefe, and I don't even know if Jimmy Vesey did, but last night he did, and that's good for him. <laughs> you know, last night was kind of a hard game to really evaluate and pick apart. It's sad that the streak ended. It's sad that the Marner streak ended, but it's not like they were bad. No. Like, they, it just kind of was, and, and Sheldon Keefe actually put it best let's play this Sheldon Keefe uh Keefe audio on do we have the audio of him kind of saying it was just a lack of execution last night because I like the way he put that it wasn't okay cool let's play that I thought I thought we played a fine hockey game we just you know we didn't execute great on offense um but defensively we were excellent again I mean they they really didn't have anything. They had two scoring chances, really, and scored on them both. Aside from that, there's nothing happening uh, for them offensively, so we did a good job there. But just our execution was off uh, with the puck here today. First period, I think we had four odd men rushes, a few broken two-on-ones, and didn't even register a shot on goal. So just showed we were, we were a little off here today. We spent too much time on, in, on the boards in the offensive zone, couldn't get to the middle. It's a credit to New York for how they defended, but boy, we just didn't do enough there. I think we just weren't sharp, and then you know, the power play really shows you where we're at there. And that was a perfect, we got a two-hour show here, Luke, and we're going to keep the good people entertained for two hours of it. But I feel like that was a good synopsis of uh, of last night's game. They weren't overly sharp. They weren't terrible, but there was a little bit of a lack of execution, maybe a little bit of disconnect when it came to managing pucks. We'll get to our season goes after CJ, but there was a lot of turnovers. Just just didn't happen tonight. It wasn't overly crispy. Yeah, and like you said, he, he really did sum it up perfectly when you're looking at some of the numbers on it, too. Just like at even strength, Rangers had two slot shots on net, two scoring chances off the cycle, one scoring chance off the rush. Like, God, that is really low event not hockey. Low event <laughs> hockey, and, and the Leafs did have their chances, and sometimes those games are going to happen where you don't execute or Igor Shosturkin makes some yeah, saves. Like the Marner chance that he had that kind of partial break that almost went in like Shosturkin looked behind him and it was right in front of him yeah. like it's 50-50 that could go in it's a whole new game if that does it happens it happens it does okay let's get to our TSN Hockey Insider Chris Johnston we missed our lunch date with him last week how's it going CJ? yeah the World Cup got in the way but uh, I'll allow it pesky World Cup first of all we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you first about your gorgeous profile picture like we've been dying on the edge of our seat to ask you how you selected it since last week honestly it was most mostly an Al's brother question so I'm I'm uh, asking it in his honor while he's absent I've taken a lot of playful terms uh, in this one from from friends in, uh, around the industry that is but, a jawline uh, CJ like that is chiseled 
Well, it's one of those AI-generated pictures, as I'm sure you know, but yeah. maybe not everyone who sees it would know. And so, I don't know. I just saw people doing that. I, I got the Lenza app. It spit out 50 images, and I selected that one just kind of for a laugh or the holiday season to switch things up. I like it. I like it. Uh, our TSN Hockey Insider, Chris Johnson, uh, a master of AI Photoshop and, and also TSN Hockey Reporting. Last night, Mitch Marner's streak came to an end, and I don't know, it almost feels easier to evaluate now that it's over. Just what, what's going to stand out to you when you remember that this 23-game run that Marner went on here? Well, it was pretty special. I mean, Mitch Marner's already had a fabulous career. I'm sure he's got lots of great days ahead, but, he, you know, the truth of the matter is he might never cobble together one stretch, um, you know, as productive as this one has been and uh, managing to get a point every game. You know, I, I think what stands out to me, too, is a lot of those games weren't 7-1 Leafs wins where he was getting a cheesy second assist to keep it going. I mean, uh, there was there was some tight games in there, and, and Mitch was, you know, such a big part of the offense. And um, it's just one of those things where everything came together for him. So, uh, you know, you could start a new streak as soon as tomorrow night, but uh, it's going to be tough to, to surpass 23 games uh, for him personally. If, just if you look historically, you know, Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby, they're, they're, they've had Hall of Fame careers already, and, and, you know, their longest streaks were 25 and 26 games um, in, in your time. So just a reminder, how things have to go your way, and, and you know, obviously have to be in the, in the zone the way Mitch has been. So now we've got to talk about the next streak. Michael Bunting's 10-game oh, point yeah. streak because that is, it's, he's just churning right now. And um, he had a great season last year. A lot of Calder talk, a lot of interesting conversation surrounding him. Um, we were talking maybe like eight-year contract for him prior to the <laughs> season. Any chance maybe he gets extended in the season? How motivated do you think he is to maybe get something done? Or, um, I mean, the run he's been on, he probably wants to just carry this out. Yeah, I'd say based on the way things have tended to work with Kyle Dubas, you know, as GM, you haven't seen a lot of in-season extensions, you know, for players like Bunting. It's not to say it can happen. I mean, Morgan Riley did sign into October last year, so you know, it's not completely unprecedented. But it's not typically the way the Leafs have done business. You know, I don't have any sense of of where they're at with Bunting now. But yeah, I, I think this is one where it makes sense to some degree to to, to play it out. You know, he is a restricted free agent. Um, Oh no, rather he's unrestricted. But you know, I, I still think that the fact that he's a Toronto guy, that it's been a good relationship, you know, I, I don't see a pressing need to have to get it done today. And and you know, both sides might want to see where they end up before making any decisions as well. I mean, Michael Bunting still fairly early in his NHL career. Last year was great, as you mentioned, Luca. But um, you know, backing it up is is proven to be difficult. Although he does seem to be finding his rhythm now. And I think you know, rather than focusing on the contract side of it, that's just good news for the Leafs because. You know, I think you know they've they've really had a nice run here. It's hard to to poke any holes in the team's performance or the way they're built. But you know they've they've relied a lot on the top four forwards to produce goals. And so I think that the more you're seeing some of the other guys in the lineup, um, you know, get their confidence and and you know put up some offensive numbers, that's going to bode well for the the long term here as they they look to take a step this season. Something in my chest feels good about Michael Bunting. I've seen too many hometown guys walk out the door in the past couple of years. <laughs> we played this great audio, CJ, of um, Michael Bunting when he was like 16 years old. It was circulating around Twitter, singing Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas' praises. And, and that's what I listen to if I ever get worried about Michael Bunting walking out the door. Our TSN Hockey Insider. Wow, Chris, where did you find that clip? Oh, I'll send it to you. This uh, Katie on Twitter, Mitch Marnie, she, she digs out the best... 
um, archived, mostly Sue Greyhounds content, and it is very good. I'll send it to you during the break. It's it's excellent, and it'll soothe the uh, the anxiously fan soul. <laughs> well, let me let me say one thing because I've seen so much discussion in the market about all kinds of guys' contracts. Is the one thing I would say generally is the Leafs have a ton of cap space this summer, right. and. You know, they have a lot of decisions to make, too. I mean, go to Cap Friendly. It's just a wall of red and blue between their UFAs and, and RFAs. But, you know, they have a lot of decisions pending on a lot of players, but they're going to have the money to keep the ones they want. And so, you know, if Michael Bunting has a season, I, I just have to believe that there's going to be a deal there that, that makes sense for both sides. I, I don't see this as, like, the guy's automatically gone. I don't think Nylander's automatically gone. I mean, I think we should just calm down a little bit generally about the, the contract stuff in the market. Calm down a little bit. Generally, I want tattooed on my forearm. <laughs> like, <laughs> it needs to happen in this market a little bit. When things are good, we just have to enjoy them. Uh, our TSN Hockey Insider, Chris Johnson, on the phone right now. And you know what we're enjoying right now is Connor Timmons. Five points in five games with the Leafs. How much credit does Kyle Dubas deserve for that little pickup from Arizona? Well, I mean, you know, with respect to the prospect the Leafs gave up, I mean, it didn't come at a huge cost for Toronto. Yep. And I'd say that, that the way he's played has been somewhat surprising. I mean, that that's not to, to, to you know, put a, anything bad on Connor Timmons, but let's face it, he's had a pile of injuries. His, his pro career really is not um, delivered on the promise that it started with in large part because of all those different ailments. But, you know, you can even look just before the, the deal came down with Arizona, he, he had a, a four-game stretch in the AHL on a conditioning stint. I believe it was minus nine in those games. So, you know, he was struggling, you know, for the Coyotes in the AHL. Obviously, that's a team right near the bottom of the league standings, and they didn't feel that they had room to keep him, um, that they had six or seven defensemen ahead of him on the depth chart. And so I think it was sort of modest expectations should have accompanied his arrival here in Toronto. And, you know, to Connor Timmons' credit, he's taken advantage of, of an opportunity. And, and so, um, you know, I think this is a good story. It's still very early. I, you know, I don't know that we'll measure him just by points, but let's look at the physical attributes. He's, what, six foot two. Right shot defenseman, you know, still only 23, 24 years old, and he can move the puck. I mean, the, the tools are there. It's just a matter of, you know, how long he can stay healthy, what kind of groove he can get into in this lineup, and that's still not entirely clear because, you know, at some point in time, Morgan Riley will be back, and, and there's going to be a little bit more health on the blue line. I think some minutes will be tougher for him to get. But, um, you know, producing the way he has and, and you know, logging some, some fairly big minutes, I think is an encouraging sign that, that – you know, he, he does still have a, a future ahead here, and obviously the, the important thing for Connor Timmons is, is, you know, making sure the Leafs are holding on to him rather than having to put him on waivers at some point down the, the line themselves. As an Avs fan, I'm, I'm pumped to see his career back on track because I always thought there was, there was something there with him. And you mentioned health on the blue line. Any Lilgren update? Obviously, we've, we've seen him and Sandine kind of find their stride together recently, and uh, blue line injuries for this Leafs team just seem to be a theme so far. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. I mean, just yeah. to think of just just the, the type of players they've lost. They've even lost, you know, depth guys like Jordy Ben and Victor Mete for a time. Um, you know, it's it's pretty wild that, that the Leafs are still nineteen six and six despite having all that those those sort of avalanche of injuries, uh, pun intended there for the Colorado fans. Nice, so, nice. <laughs> don't remind but, me. Yeah, I, I don't have anything specific on Lily Grimm, but but obviously isn't a good look. You know, I think he was seeing the some sort of wrapping on his hand, leaving the building in New York last night. You know, wasn't able to play the last period plus, and so um, don't don't know how long that's going to be. But but it would seem unlikely that you know he's playing on Saturday in, in Washington. I think that you're looking at another absence. And look, the, the team even started the year without him too. Remember, he was injured yeah. yep. after the start of the season. And I mean, they've they've found a way to to play with pretty much without pretty much everyone at some point from that blue line. And uh, 
you know, the good news is that they've, they've picked up someone like Connor Timmons who can at least fill in some minutes on the right side of the blue line for him. That's what I find so interesting right now. Like, on a regular day-to-day, everybody, like, if Morgan Riley was out and, and oh, TJ Brody's back, but Jake Muzzin out, Jordy Ben returning a little bit closer, but on a regular day, Lilligren goes down, and that's the number one thing that we come in with to start a show. Isn't it incredible that we're not, like, clamoring for Morgan Riley right now, that the blue line's just chugging along as it stands? Well, that's what, you know, one regulation loss in five or six weeks will do for yeah. you. The second one was last night, depending where you start drawing the lines for that streak. But, you know, since Morgan Riley was injured, even while T.J. Brody was out uh, for 12 games there, you know, the Leafs just haven't lost much. So I think that that takes a lot of the heat off everybody, you know, including the front office, the coaching staff, the players in the lineup. And, you know, part of me wonders if the Leafs aren't going to be better for all this, to be honest. You know, it, it's not to say that last season was a breeze because obviously every season does hold its challenges and, and every team deals with injuries. But I think this has been particularly difficult or, or stressed them in ways that, that maybe they haven't been, you know, especially when you couple the fact they came through October at four, four and two, you know, and, and we're facing a lot of, you know, tough questions and commentary around the team. Um, you know, I, I wonder if this, we might call this a little bit of adversity or, or, or struggle that they've had to fight through and push through. And they've, They've got the job done with all kinds of different guys in the lineup. I mean, they've already used 30 different skaters uh, so far this season, um, which is an extremely high amount given that they're 31 games into the into the year. And, and you know, you just wonder big picture if this isn't actually a, a positive that's that's being drawn from some tough situations. And you know, clearly they want to get healthy. They're going to be a better team when when they have everyone available. But you know, they've managed to, to cruise along and find other answers whenever they've they've run into these uh, injury situations. We're talking with Chris Johnston, our TSN Hockey Insider, and you mentioned all those skaters that they've used. Axel Rindle, not one of them, um, but he was placed on waivers yesterday for purpose of termination. Any move, Any anything we have to note there about that, or they just needed some wiggle room as, as far as the cap goes? No, this is more about dealing with a, you know, a player who wasn't entirely happy with his situation. You know, Axel Rindell was, was picked in the sixth round uh, a couple years ago by the Leafs, was, was feeling that his opportunities were a bit limited in the organization. He was playing in the ECHL with the Newfoundland Growlers. And, you know, what happened is, is essentially he, you know, he voiced that displeasure to the organization. The organization actually didn't agree. I think the Leafs, all things being equal, would, would like to have held on to him, but they also didn't want to, you know, have someone in a developmental situation who was unhappy. So they, they essentially granted his wishes and, uh, they'll terminate his contract that allow him to pursue other options. And I suppose a, a downstream benefit, if you want to call it, of, of that move, though, is that the Leafs now do have an open contract slot. Uh, they've been carrying the maximum 50 for, for basically all this season. Um, I don't expect any moves before the, the holiday roster freeze kicks in on Monday night. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens after the, the new year. Okay, no smoke there, but always good to have that extra roster spot. Um, we haven't gotten too deep into trade speculations yet or potential targets, but Pierre Lebrun kind of caught our eye with uh, his piece the other day where he mentioned that there was possibility or, or he believed that Ryan O'Reilly had been discussed internally with the Maple Leafs. Do you have thoughts on that, CJ? Sorry, I just missed the, the first part of that. Oh, no, no worries. Pierre Lebrun kind of caught our eye with his piece the other day saying that he believes that Ryan O'Reilly has been discussed internally with the Leafs. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, it makes sense, right? I yeah. mean, St. Louis is kind of, you know, in, in neutral or, or a little bit less than that in the standings. You know, Ryan O'Reilly is a pending unrestricted free agent, as is Vladimir Tarasenko in St. Louis. 
wouldn't surprise anyone if the Blues were in a in a shopping uh, selling mode uh, when they get to the new year. And and you know the Leafs' primary objective is to make sure um, that they get better. Uh, you know that they they find the best player available. And so it, it doesn't surprise me that that's that a name that's that's kicked about there. I, I certainly don't. I, th- I think it would be premature to say that's their number one target or their only okay. target. And I don't think that's the case. I think it's more. You know, they've got to have a handle on all the players that might be available. But, um, you know, Ryan O'Reilly ticks a lot of boxes, obviously, with his experience. Um, the fact that he's a forward. You know, I think really if I look at the Leafs to this point in the season, the, the biggest hole um, that, that I see in their lineup is really on the second line left wing spot. So maybe Ryan O'Reilly isn't a perfect fit that way as a natural center. But, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if as we get closer to March 3rd, we're, we're focused on them adding a top six forward and, you know, Ryan O'Reilly's had a really difficult year. If you look at his numbers in St. Louis, he's not alone there. But, um, you know, I, I certainly think that uh, he'll be someone that gets kicked around and scouted pretty heavily by the Leafs because they've got a big decision to make. And obviously they're only going to have a finite amount of cap space to deal with when they're when they're making trades at the deadline. Yeah, that almost looked a little bit more glaring last night, that spot on the left side. Uh, Mulgan experiment has been good to this season, but I don't know how, how good of a fit he is uh, on that second line on the left side. Yeah, it's. I mean, what are the ten games now without a point? Yeah. It, you know, it's just. It's not going great. You know, he doesn't make a lot of money, and and you know, I think the Leafs are comfortable playing him there for the time being. But if we're if we're talking about what are the best twelve forwards this team might roll out, you know, to start the playoffs, assuming everyone's healthy, you know, I I, I don't think Dennis Mulligan will be in that group unless something changes, and and that's kind of should be his focus right now is is trying to secure his own spot in the lineup now that he's going to have some reps there because, you know, with the injuries to Yarncroke and, and to Nick Robertson, you know, I, I would expect he's going to continue playing. Uh, but, you know, the results aren't there. And we even saw last night when the Leafs were down in the third period, the bench got shortened a bit and, and he was one of the players not uh, not getting out there as much. Let's go Let's go around the league a little here. And I'll, I'll tee this up for you. You can talk whichever McDavid storyline you feel you want to talk about. He obviously called out the officiating last night after that kind of overtime drama, but we have also just seen him tear off an 11-game point streak of his own. He's leading the league in points. He's leading the league in goals. Only Ovi has won the Hart, the Art Ross, and Rocket all in one year. Um, take your pick. Do you want to Do you want to talk about his greatness and if, if we've kind of just become used to it or um, any thoughts on his comments about the officiating postgame? Well, I understand the, the frustration postgame. I mean, look, he's just seen a, an overtime winner come off the board and all of a sudden the microphones and cameras are there. I think with some careful second thought, I mean, by the letter of the law, he was offside. Um, now, we can have a wider discussion. Should that be offside? Is that what offside... Um, you know, the, the reviews are intended to do, you know, um, when it's, when it's so close to human eye in real time, can't detect it and nobody stops playing. Should that goal come off the board? I mean, maybe there's a, a broader discussion we had there, but I, I think the right call was, was made in the moment. And, but I, that being said, I, I don't, I don't blame Connor for, for venting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's things haven't gone great in Edmonton this year. Certainly the team isn't as hot the standings as it would like. And we're talking about a highly competitive guy who's doing whatever he can to, to, to propel his organization forward. And, and so I can understand in the moment why that would, would have crossed him. But, you know, that being said, I, I do think with some seeing it in the clear light of day now, I mean, I just think I think he was offside by the spirit of the rule. It's just maybe the rule stinks. Uh, you know, but that's again, that's a different sort of discussion. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at, too. Even with that Reeves hit the other night, I don't know if the the debate was is it clean or is it not clean is it 
the debate is more like, do you like the rule or do you dislike the rule? And I feel kind of the same way uh, about what transpired last night with the with the drama in Edmonton. Um, CJ, thank you so much for joining us on this fine Friday. I hope you hope you have a great weekend and, and rest of your day. Yeah, it's going to be great. Have a good one. Talk to you next week. Love it. Chris Johnson, our TSN Hockey Insider. It's always kind of jarring to hear Connor McDavid or, or any major player call out the officiating because you know that they will do anything to avoid doing that. Especially because when Connor McDavid says something, you know there's um, a conversation happening today with the league, right? Like, that's just given. You would think so, yeah. And, like, I feel like, especially in hockey, like, no one wants to throw their teammates under the bus. Also, no one wants to blame the refs for anything. Like, you just want to move on. If they made the right call, wrong call, whatever, like, that's the last thing you want to do. Yeah. Okay, we won't get too deep into this because we're going to have Dave Jackson on at one thirty to to break it down for us like we're five in the words of the <laughs> office. But let's let's just play those Connor McDavid clips, uh, comments, rather, while, while we're talking about it. Kind of get burned on a call in the playoffs over a similar type of situation. You know, you don't know if it's offside or onside, but you know the league's got to clarify some of these rules. Um, you know, what's a kick? What's offside? What's goalie interference? Um, kind of depends on the night, I guess. So, I mean, since I was a kid, I thought you know if you have possession of the puck, it's it's onside. If I have possession or not, I guess that's uh, that's the judgment call. So, uh, either way, I think players just want. Um, some clarity on some of these rules. You know, we've been burned on a few kicks and stuff like that, and obviously Calgary had the situation last year in the playoffs, so, you know, it kind of goes back a long way. Um, not understanding some of the rules of our own game, it's uh, it's kind of funny, I guess. Yeah, that is, that's pretty heated as far yeah. as Connor McDavid gets. <laughs> I don't think I heard the full version. Like, I, I heard just the beginning I didn't, part I of it. I haven't heard yeah. that last part either. No. That was new. Yeah. Yeah, funny, yeah. I guess. He says, like, Fired the most monotone voice I've ever heard in my life with no emotion. Funny, I guess. <laughs> Terrifying. <Love that. laughs> um, but I, I think that's the case, Luca, when it comes to this. It, it's, uh, you, how much, how many issues do reviews cause? Like, like when you're looking at an offside and you're like, oh, maybe a couple centimeters here, a couple centimeters there. Like, I, I think the bigger debate is like, do we want, does this taint the spirit of the game a bit? If we're looking at things that closely, like, I think that's the real debate. Not is this offside or is this onside? I think the real debate is like, do, is this affecting the game and the product to be reviewing things this closely? I don't know. Is that lame of me to cop out like that and say like no. I'm good with close enough? I, I don't think it's lame of you. It's, like, it's all Matt Duchesne's fault for being it thirty is. feet offside on Matthew. that breakaway. Like <laughs> that's the reason that all of this is happening. You're so right. And on situations like that. I'm cool. Like yeah. a blown call. Blatant. Blatant blown call. Totally. Review yeah. it. Call it back. It was an accident. But when you get into the nitty gritty, especially in overtime, it, 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 to me, that that's not like this. Like CJ used the term the spirit of the rule as opposed to the rule. I don't know if that's good for the spirit of the rule. Yeah. And I, I also do like when the officials who are on the ice, like in the moment, making the calls, like unless it's so, so, so egregious, if they are making one call, let it stand. Like, totally. They're probably getting it right. Yeah, because especially in the human eye, refereeing so hard. So unless you want to go like eye in the sky or something like that, you got to put 
you don't like teams ripping your officials. You don't like teams questioning your officials. So going to a review every single time, doesn't that call their judgment calls into question? Like, doesn't it make everyone look bad? Kind I guess of? so. Yeah. I don't know. But it's also so tough. Like, I also want to see things get right because I couldn't imagine just losing in a Stanley Cup final on a goal that if you very clearly look at the replays offside. Yeah, but because that that's so true. Social media has kind of changed it in that everything is going to get reviewed online no matter whether or not they're going to review it in game. Like yeah. like some gif account, NHL gif account on on Twitter is going to slow it down and 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 you'll be able to see the 1 centimeter offside potentially Connor McDavid was. So that's a good point in saying that even if they decided, you know, we're going to gas the aggressive reviews, it would probably continue to still happen it would maybe create more controversy after the fact yeah there's really no no winner in this scenario wow, i talked us into <laughs> i talked us in a full circle uh all the way back to the beginning point which is hilarious uh we're gonna do some stay and go on the other side from the leafs loss last night in new york to the rangers 3-1 for now you're listening to leafs lunch with julia tasheri and luca Celebre here on tsn 1050 and the iHeartRadio app now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Well, I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You got to get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. Leafs Busters will get you out of your Carly's today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit LeafBusters.com. Okay, Julie DeSherry, Luca Celebre with you for the next hour and a half to talk about this weekend. But right now we're going to chat about last night's loss, 3-1 to the New York Rangers in downtown New York. Uh, in what was a little bit of a sleeper game, Luca. And you know what? They had points in 15 games straight. They fell just short of the franchise, of, of breaking the franchise record. And of the franchise record, they fell. Mitch Marner's point streak ended. And it was just kind of like a bleh night in New York is, is how I would describe it. Uh, but let's try to break it down a little bit with some stays and some goes here. Should we start with, with stays? Yeah, let's let's be positive. Okay, cool. I I think that sticking in games even when you don't fully have it is admirable. Um, and and there's a lot of instances in w- in which it was just like one of those games that they couldn't get anything going, and that happens especially especially in like it's mid December, it's right before the holiday break. This team has been really hot, so I, I somebody texted me, "Don't let them off the hook." Someone texted us in our text inbox don't let them off the hook i kind of am letting them off the hook for last night because they didn't play terribly no um and it just felt like they were having a hard time really really capitalizing on their opportunities like there was the moment that you alluded to where mitch marner was kind of alone in front of the net the defenseman had either broken or dropped his stick and he just couldn't get it on on his stick and get the shot off and i felt like that was a microcosm of the entirety of the game it was Mm. just hard to get anything going um but they stuck with it, and like you said in the opening block, like they could have probably won that game had a couple bounces gone their way. Yeah. They didn't, and they lost, uh, but they stuck with it, and I, I think that's admirable. I don't know, like, I don't know how you, like, let them off the hook. Like, don't let them off the hook. <laughs> what, what more are they supposed to do? Like, sometimes that's just, sometimes that's Sometimes you don't happen. got it. Like, Mitch Marner didn't fully have it last night, and he no. was trying to force it, and, like, that's yeah. all you can do on nights like that. 
it's gonna happen. It's a long season. Even if this is a playoff loss, like I'm not overly concerned about even a playoff loss like this because again, they went into New York, like they played a pretty good game, probably deserved a different result, at least overtime. I don't know. Like, you know what's so funny? Last night was a good example of why why the eye test still matters. Because if you look at all the metrics from last night, the Leafs actually did, aside from giveaways, we'll get to that in a second, that was an yeah. ugly one. But the rest of them in terms of like ozone possession time, in terms of the amount of time they were controlling the puck, the Leafs actually won. Pretty much all this game, all, all of this game's metrics, yes. all the numbers of this game. But if you watch the game and you just see how they were moving out there, and you, you see how New York just seemed to have a little bit more pep to their step last night, uh, it was a game in which I was like, okay, the eye test still matters. Because if you looked at this game and didn't watch it and you just looked at the numbers on paper, you would have been like, oh, the Leafs probably deserve to win tonight. And you watch the game with your actual eyeballs and your actual brain and you're like, yeah, they didn't look very good. Yeah, I guess I would describe it as like, they didn't deserve to lose. Ah, interesting. Because yeah. like the Rangers really didn't do anything either. Like, yeah, they like they got that power play goal, beautiful goal, VC, odd man rush, they cash in. They cash in on their chances, yes. game over kind of thing. But they also, yeah, like they didn't deserve to lose is how I would phrase it. But yeah. I, I'd let them off the hook. Like it's a game in December in New York. Yeah. Um, Connor Timmons, five points in five games as a leaf. We both have it down as a stay. Uh, that one goal, like that was him that made that little move at the blue line, and he's just been doing that lately. He did have one gaffe that... Um, MJ did highlight really well on the broadcast when yeah. he set up in the ozone, and then he took that big bomb from the point that just ended up going the other way as opposed to really setting something up and trying to make a nice play happen. So, young guy finding his footing with the Leafs, uh, but it's nice to see that start off on a good foot. Yeah, I'm pumped. Like like I said when we were talking to CJ, I was really pumped about him when he was in Colorado. Injuries just yeah. kind of cut his time there short, but he was like he was a big piece in the Darcy Kemper trade that brought call or brought Kemper to Colorado. He was kind of the the big player in that trade along with the first round pick going to Arizona and just couldn't get healthy in Arizona. I I've always liked his game. I've felt his offensive Upside has kind of been sneaky. Played on that World Juniors team where... He was probably Le- the best defenseman on that World Juniors team. I think him and McCarr were on that team. I know, yeah. and I like feel comfortable saying yeah, that no, at that great. tournament, he might have been a little better. He was great. No, I remember... I'm pretty sure he assisted the winning goal against Sweden. Like oh, It was like the right. tip pass yeah. to Steenbergen. On the when Lee Sanderson, yeah, I, I've been his, sitting on the show yeah. like singing praises about Connor Timmons and Junior for like welcome to the party. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I I will go to bat for Connor Timmons any day of the week. I'm happy to see he's playing really well. He is absolutely a stay, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the the back end looks when everyone is healthy. If everyone is healthy at the same time, ever, ever, if that ever happens uh, this season. Yeah, Darren Dreger was on our morning show today with Carlo and AK and gave an update that. Jordy Ben is essentially kind of ready to go, so that's good news in the wake of what happened with poor Timothy Lilligren last oh night. Like, it's like the plague back there. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I just want to point out, before we get off the topic of, of the blue line and Connor Timmons, um, I, I, we got some. We have Curtis Douglas fans. <laughs> Sometimes Curtis Douglas fans text me and 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 tweet at us. And when I say text me, I mean texting ten fifty fifty your your thoughts and concerns and opinions about the Leafs in our show. <laughs> yes. Um, because he's tall and whatever, and, and for context, that was the piece that went the other way in the in the Connor Timmons trade. To update you on his progress in the AHL with Arizona, he has one assist in five games played. So, it's 
small sample size, but so far the Leafs do be winning that trade. Huge win. Huge win. Five games in. Five game in analysis. Okay. Um, the goes. The goes, the goes, the goes. You want to start? I've I've seen enough of Dennis Malgan on the second line, and I haven't seen a lot of him on the second line, to be fair, because I, I don't watch every single Leafs game. But the ones I have watched, I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like he was one of those advanced metrics guys at the beginning. And, like... He's so skilled. Like, he has top. Like, his high-end skill is, his skill ceiling is is volumes and and leaps and bounds higher than a lot of players in the league. Mm -hmm. However, that's about it. You got to. Highly skilled. (laughs) When you're playing with Marner and JT, you got to just do something is, I guess, how I would look at it. And, like, Marner and JT have been incredible and the production from him isn't there. And again, he does a lot of other things really well, and that's fine. I think it's better suited for a third line Sorry, role. What things are you thinking of that he does really? really I don't know. Well? I think he's. Good, are like, you just being nice? No, like because he's highly skilled. He's sick with his hands and close like that. That's puck retrievals, cool. like little things puck that retrievals. maybe maybe things are. I don't know. I feel like I saw the advanced numbers okay, on him, okay. and he actually wasn't you. bad. But I I will say, like if we're talking about trade targets for the Leafs. That second line spot is wide open, glaring need. If you can get an upgrade, move him down the lineup where he'll just further solidify your depth. That's what you want to do, right? Yeah, when is the last time this man got a point? It's been a while. Okay, the last time he got a point was the last time the Leafs lost in regulation. God, that's been On November 11 versus Pittsburgh was the last time Dennis Mulgan posted an assist. So he's been chilling with... John Tavares and Mitch Marner on that left side. Well, Mitch Marner puts up a point in game for 23 straight games. He's just been like, I'm here for the ride. And I know. Yeah, you're right. That's probably not going to fly for much longer. I wonder if that's just bad luck. <laughs> like, so, at some point, that, that's just got to be bad luck. Like, I feel like if, if you're playing that many games and that line is producing like they are and you haven't had a point, it, something's not right. It's hilarious because we had Kevin McGrand on on uh, Monday, I think, or, or Tuesday, right, when we were at the rink. And he made a joke about, like, I think you and I, Julian, could get points if we played on Mitch Warner and John Tavares' line right now. Yet, the dude who's doing it is <laughs> does not, not have a single point. Poor Dennis Mulligan. Like, I'm looking at this, now I'm starting to pity him. I, I am, too. I feel like we need to keep him there and just get his confidence back up. Dennis, um, we're rooting for you, man. You got to get that together, because that is, that is a hot mess. But I, I agree. I agree that uh, and I feel like MJ, MJ was kind of the first guy to be brave enough almost to say it on the radio he was like you know i think the forward is actually the piece that the leaf should add and at first everyone was like no they need a big mean defenseman who's gonna kill somebody and that that was the general like that's always the classic consensus. every year I, hey listen i love those kind of defensemen too but now after seeing um kind of what's lacking up front and also just remembering the way that the leafs have lost in the playoffs it hasn't been defense it hasn't been goaltending it's been the scoring drying up so um, Ryan O'Reilly, we're thinking of you, and uh, we love you. <laughs> um, wow. What, what's your go? The curse of former Leafs players. I realize that I have nobody's written down in the notes. 
uh, coming back to haunt them. Flash vanilla in the notes. Well, as I well. have vanilla because that was not a Julia Tashiri quote. That was a one Sheldon Keefe quote from that. I might go back and rewatch. I'm off next week before I go to World Juniors. <laughs> do, do not do this to yourself. I might. I might go back and watch. Why or would nothing. you do that? <laughs> it brings me great joy. Honestly, Does it really. It was that was. I wish that there was a series that existed like that for every NHL season, and I don't think it'll ever happen again. Honestly, just based on the way that I think the vibes that we were getting as to how they felt about um, really giving Amazon access to their private conversations and stuff like that. But think about the way that F1 blew up. Like, I like F1 because Drive to Survive got me hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. There's so much drama in hockey 24-7 when it comes to, I don't know, there's drama all the time. And, like, to play on those storylines... Be would nice. be cool. Remember like the 24-7 where they just followed the two teams that oh were playing in the Winter God. Classic? Yes. It was only the Winter Classic teams, though. Those were great. I really enjoyed those, those too. I like the Leaf Blueprints, too. Those are fun, too. Yeah, I, those are actually pretty good. But I, I might actually sit down and watch All or Nothing this weekend because I have to remember exactly what went down between... I just remember, like, Jimmy VC. the series needed a villain, and it was Jimmy VC. <laughs> the last guy you'd think. And it continued last night, two goals against the Leafs. And um, if you if you are into the Leafs on social media, you probably follow Tic Tac Omar, um, who, like, tweets out all the videos of um, the Leafs. Like, he gifts everything that happens during the game. If you miss something, there's highlights involved. And last night he tweeted, Tic Tac Omar, I say this as a sign of confidence in the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I will eat all the crow if it goes south. He tweeted this 19 hours ago. Jimmy VC ain't scoring. And of course, now it's turned into the biggest ratio of all time. And Jimmy VC has favorited the tweet. No way. Hilarious. Incredible. You know who did not think it was hilarious? Sheldon Keefe in one of his sassiest moments uh, of the year. Here it is. How many times have you seen the next player come up big against you? Jimmy did tonight. I don't know. Are we done? Thanks, Coach. I don't know, are we done? Like, Classic. what is poor Sheldon supposed to say? He's like, yeah, I called the man vanilla to his face, and he just went up two goals against us and ended our streak last night. That was not very much fun. Are there any other former Leafs that haunt you that you can think of? That Not, not haunt me personally, but it's yeah. always like something stupid. Like Mason Marchment last year had so many people up in arms. Uh, that was one. Uh, Nazem Kadri, obviously. Yeah, Kadri. Kadri. Is a good one. Kadri counts kind of because I feel like Leafs Nation really misses him and, and wishes he didn't leave. But that whole for everybody who thought I was a liability in the playoffs thing was very directly adding Toronto and and uh, the fans here and, and I, I don't know who else. Uh, no, not that many that haunt me, but it does. But it does always seem like Jimmy VC doesn't keep me up at night. But it does always end up being gosh darn a Jimmy VC type dude that scores three on the Leafs. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just lame. Um, <laughs> they only had four shots on goal in the second period. It's not very Leaf-like. 23 shots no. on goal. And Power total. play looked out of sorts, too, a little bit. Yeah, I think Sheldon Keefe alluded to that. The turnovers, I haven't even given that snack yet. 22 giveaways uh, compared to New York's nine. And I find that there's always kind of errors there when they make those stats. Like, you go to one website and they say you got this many. But it, I, all the websites that I checked had over 20 giveaways on the Leafs part. Mitch Marner alone, I think, had five last night. So, not ideal. Puck management wasn't great last night, and and that was just kind of the story of the game. It was just a bleh game, and uh, it it resulted in a bleh result. It did. 
Marner really did push it. Like the the turnover numbers don't surprise me because it, it did seem there were a lot of times on like the boards he would just kind of circle back and look for someone and there was like four rangers there instead yeah yeah not ideal not an ideal result but they'll be back at it saturday night versus the washington capitals and alex ovechkin who's who's chasing history right now and we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show with alan may at the top of the one o'clock hour but for now you're listening to leafs lunch with julie tasheri and luca Chalabre here on tsn 1050 this is leafs lunch on TSN 1050, the Leafs live here. Just watch me dance. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gifts for any occasion for your chance to win a $100 Vanilla Visa prepaid card. Text the keyword lunch and your name to 105050. Standard text message rates apply. Welcome back to Leafs Lunch. Julie Tasheri, Luca Celebre with you. The Leafs fell last night to the New York Rangers in what was... The Jimmy VC revenge game. The one we all had circled is the Jimmy VC revenge game. And you know, while we're on the subject of revenge games, uh, Shane Wright, our pal, stopped in on the morning show today with Carlo and AK, and he was talking about World Juniors. But, but Carlo and AK also had to ask if his first NHL goal was a little bit sweeter than he could have imagined because it came against the team that passed over him in the draft. This is what Shane had to say about the whole thing. Wondering if you can openly admit to us, did it feel extra special to score your first goal against the Montreal Canadiens? Um, I wouldn't say it was extra special just because it was that team. Um, I think for me, anyways, that game was was really important. You know, it was the first game after coming back from Coachella. Um, you know, I wanted to make sure that uh, you know, I had a good showcase. I wanted to make sure that you know my two weeks there um, you know, really helped me out, really made a difference. So. Um, it was more so no important game for me uh, for, for that reason. Obviously, I guess it's nice scoring my first goal um, against any team, let alone Montreal. But um, I think that the, you know the main reason was you know I want to have a good a, a good you know first game back uh, you know from Coachella, making sure that you know the time down there was, was really valuable for me. Okay, so why did we both just start laughing? I, why? Yes, they're <laughs> the Coachella not. Valley Fire. Is it Coachella Valley Firebirds something or something like, like that? Like that? <laughs> But it's like, yeah, it's my first game back from Coachella. I was in the desert for a couple of days. I was wearing like a bedazzled sports bra and like I listened to Dua Lipa perform levitating. That's what that just sounded like. That was hilarious. But uh, that's completely aside. Our immaturity is completely aside. <laughs> I don't believe him even for a second. It had to be more special. Not one second. He is completely, completely lying. Um, but Was Jimmy VC asked about it post-game? I didn't, I didn't actually see any Jimmy VC sound post-game. Sorry to put everyone in the studio on the spot right now. We'll have to look and see if any Jimmy VC sound came out last night. Because I, I feel like favoring that tweet is a bit of a like revenge play. But also, I, I don't know. Like <laughs> He must have been asked about it. It's so hilarious. It's just such a Leafs thing. Um, what else happened in the world last night that was nice? Ryan Reynolds continues to be... Um, like the most popular character in in hockey right now because of the rumors that he's potentially going to buy the Ottawa Senators and and he he's kind of doing like a press tour right now advocating for his ownership and, and talking about everything he thinks that the Ottawa Senators could be uh, and this was really cool it happened in my in my hometown actually I saw that Dennis Franklin Camarty High School was um, was trying to get Ryan Reynolds on to talk uh, with their media studies class. And he ended up going on, and, and this was shared by CBC Twitter up in Thunder Bay. Ryan Reynolds talking to uh, 
uh, one of their students who was who was hosting their newscast. There's not too much I can say about that right now, but I'm 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 I have a, a real connection to um, Ottawa, to the community of Ottawa. I feel like I have a um, I don't feel like I have the uh, the a unilateral perspective on the community in, in in Ottawa, but I certainly have a perspective on how to tell the story of Ottawa um, and you know through the prism of what it means to me. Um, I spent quite a bit of time there when I was younger and. Um, and I think that the, the Ottawa Senators as an organization um, can explode, I feel, not just um, from in its, within its own community within Canada, but also, I think, globally. Um, and that's something I'm, I'm deeply interested in. But we'll see. We'll see where it, where it shakes out. Um, the journey's also been really interesting. I've learned so much. I learned more about the inner workings of the NHL over the last couple of months than I would have ever dreamed of. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. Certainly, if um, if we progress with the Ottawa Senators, I will be a frothy, rabies infused fan, uh, the likes of which the NHL has never seen. He's like the best celebrity. Imagine just being able to be like, yeah, I want to learn about the NHL now and what it takes to own a team. Right. Just doing it. Having that pull. Imagine having that attractive, just a name value that you can be like, I would like to own an NHL team. And then suddenly you have, I would like to own an NHL team. Caveat, I can't really afford to do it by myself. Like the whole sugar daddy, sugar mommy thing was so funny. (laughs) And everybody's lining up to be like, we'll help you pay for it, Ryan Reynolds. And how can you blame him? He brings so much value to an organization. Well, and it's so smart because he's already done this with a soccer team and they had a documentary on that process with Rob McElhaney of It's Always Sunny. Like, they own it together, had a documentary on the process. Like, that documentary is earning them so much money. The sponsor for that team is, like, TikTok. They got amazing sponsors for it. And they're in, like, the fourth division in England. That's how low they are. But they're moving up because they're getting this funding and whatever, and um, they're hopefully moving up, but that's the goal. So they actually are taking it really seriously. It's not just some publicity stunt to have two or three or four celebrities with him leading the way like he's gonna take this seriously and he wants the senators to succeed your dream celebrity owner for the colorado avalanche before we go to break oh you're putting me on the spot i'm sorry i'm sorry i know i did i don't know can i come can i get back to you after the break with it is it like russ let's ride no, it's like he's the last person I want to own the any team sorry, that sorry, I like. Sorry, I just took a shot at you before. Basically right. owns the Broncos. He's making two hundred and fifty million from them. Yeah, yeah, that is tragic. Okay, hour two of Leafs lunch coming at you next. We're gonna have Alan May join us to tee up Saturday night's game versus the Washington Capitals. We'll also have Dave Jackson, uh, former NHL ref and currently ESPN's rules analyst. Join us on the other side, chat a little Connor McDavid and all the drama happening there. But for now, that was hour one of Leafs Lunch with Julie Cherry and Luca Celebre. Hour two coming at you next.